coming up on this episode of Two Brothers in a Mic, reviewing Purdue, Nebraska, looking ahead to Ohio and Butler, as well as adding a new segment to the show. You won't want to miss this episode of Two Brothers in a Mic. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers in a Mic. Jared here with you with Nathan to my left. Number two, checking in. The first thing I'd like to do tonight before we get started is to say thank you. Really appreciate everyone who has taken the time to listen, to like, to share, post on Facebook. I really appreciate y'all. I have some amazing friends, and so I'm just really thankful for all y'all who have been supporting Nathan and I on this endeavor. So that was the first thing I just want to make sure we do is to say thank you and continue sharing, posting, and interacting. And uh, we appreciate y'all very much. The first thing I'd like to do tonight is to talk about Purdue and Nebraska. We only had one game this past week uh, to talk about, so it was kind of a short week in one sense. And if you follow us on Twitter at two brothers and one, that's spelling out two, and at the very end with the number one at two brothers and one, or you can search for our Facebook page, Two Brothers and a Mic. If you search at Two Brothers and One, you will find our Facebook page. So it's exactly the same as our handle. I did put a reaction video on the social media websites right after watching the Purdue and Nebraska game. So some of you kind of might know my feelings um, of what happened against Nebraska. Um, so make sure you do follow us on our social media websites so you can see our reaction videos. So Nathan, why don't you share us your thoughts on this Purdue Nebraska game that happened this last week? Not a great game. It, I mean, the announcer said it. It felt like an open gym game at the beginning of that game. I mean, it was terrible. N- nobody could hit anything until Nebraska hit. I think Nebraska had like three straight shots, and that basically took us way out of the first half. I mean, it it was it was bad. But just looking at the stats, it's a good thing to see, but it's also a bad thing compared to how many shots were missed. So we had 19 offensive boards. And we had 24 shots made. Our second chance points are probably so low. We should have had so many second chance points, and we we missed layups. We were miss like no, it was terrible. I think our players' shooting and really overall performance was left outside in the cold Lincoln, Nebraska weather because it was an absolutely no show when it comes to energy, focus. So frustrating, and if you saw my reaction video the main things for me that really bothered me was entry passes from the guard play that was done at such a low success rate I want Purdue to focus on entry passes from the guards to the big men the whole week this week I mean we only had nine turnovers so this is one of your frustrations we had nine turnovers but I think part of the frustration probably for you is that the missed opportunities we had to get the the ball inside well, to where, Trayvon. well here's my frustration our big men, and really in particular Travion Williams, was dominant. I mean, he was dominant. You get the ball to him in the post, things are opening up. Either he's going to pass it out to a shooter, or he's going to score. And he was scoring last night. But our guards, I looked at the turnover score, and I was kind of surprised that we only had nine. nine turnovers. But it felt like so much more because of how many how many of those turnovers were from entry passes. The guards trying to get the ball in the it, post who were, were horrible. I mean, Stefanovic had three. I guarantee you all of those were from entry passes. And Eric Hunter, Hunter had two. He And those are probably definitely from entry passes. I mean, watching the game, can you please just get a better angle? 
Don't be throwing the ball over your head and just like trying to lob it to the big man. No, get a better angle, ball fake, get a bounce pass into the post. Can I be a coach here for a second? Because this is what needs to happen. <laughs> I'm getting going. <laughs> it's it's starting. <laughs> but that was one of my big that was one of my big frustrations it's, was the the passing from our guard start big man. That just needs to improve so much. It's pretty sad when our best entry pass is a missed shot. Trayvon had 10, 10 offensive rebounds. Monster. He is he's an absolute beast. But I mean that's that's that should not happen. Here's my other uh problem. And Nathan, you have kind of talked about this a little bit, um, he maybe really off the air, but our teams love with three point shooting. Our stat line for three point shooting against Nebraska, we were six for thirty five at seventeen point one percent shooting from behind the arc. And what do we keep doing? Keep shooting threes. Our team needs to play inside out. I am convinced of it. The, the importance of our three-point shooting, you know, I mentioned it in the first episode. One of my concerns going this year was our three-point shooting. I, I said it right off the bat, and we need to have a good three-point shooting if really if we're going to have a chance to do anything because you need three-point shooting to be successful in college basketball. Our team needs to play inside out. We can get good shots from Travion and Matt Harms. They're two of one of the better passing big men in college basketball. They need to get touches, but that also means as a guard, you got to get the ball inside the post. So the three-point shooting, they just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, and none of our guys were on. It was rough performance. Yeah, and when Stefanovic goes two for eight, it's it's a bad day. He's the only person on this team that should have a green light to shoot, and he was he was even off. Two for eight for Isaiah. I don't think he's a bad three-point shooter, but... He's a freshman. I mean, he, when you're, I don't know. He well, was here's not the on. thing. I was telling you, in some cases, we need to be able to shoot a three so we can actually create a better passing lane because our shooters are so bad, they're just sagging off, forcing you to make a shot, and that makes a harder entry pass when they can sag off you from the from the three point line. So some of those, I was kind of hoping, like at Thompson's, I was like, dude, can you please? I wanted to make those threes because I think that would have opened up the passing lane. But yeah, but you got to make them, and. No, and he, nobody's trying to drive the ball. Like Proctor was complete non-factor this game. He was complete non-factor. Yep, he was another one of those guys that was just missing wide open. I mean, there there was a beautiful pass, fast break pass from I believe it was Eastern. Beautiful pass to him in the lane and just misses a wide open layup. I don't know. And that's good. I I said, oh, Proctor might be the guy. Well, I, I'm eating my words here because I I don't know if he's the guy. Well, I think he just had a rough game. I think our whole team had a rough game, and you're going to have nights like this. And I think, you know, as we talk about next weekend's games, you know, I think we're going to see a different Purdue squad. I think they're going to be more focused. But it was just – as it was a whole team as a whole, with the exception of Travion Williams, they weren't sharp at all. Another thing I kind of alluded to in the last episode was the open threes that we were giving up we were, in my opinion, we we're getting kind of lucky with. They started to fall this game, just being slow on the rotation from pick and pops. And we kind of started to see, in a home environment, those shots are going to start to fall. That would be the only other thing that I would say. Before we go into the next segment, I think one extra thing I would like to add is, it's going to be hard to win a road game in the Big Ten this year. The Big Ten conference is. A load of a conference. There's a lot of good teams. I saw a stat line while watching the game that all 
home teams have won conference play so far. It was 11-0. You can make that 12-0 after watching the Purdue-Nebraska game. And actually, I think Ohio State lost, too, to uh, Minnesota. To Minnesota. So it's going to be – if you get a road win in the Big Ten this year, that's going to be a good, good win. It's going to be a battle the rest of this year when it comes to Big Ten conference play. Well, after this quick little break, we will get into the games that are to come up and see will Purdue be able to bounce back. And, in fact, one of those games, you and I will be at live. Let's go. That's going to be a lot of fun. So right after this break, we're going to look ahead to Ohio and to Butler. Keep it locked here on Two Brothers and a Mic. Welcome back to Two Brothers and a Mike. And before we get into this week's upcoming games, we want to let you know who our runaway train player of the game was. There's one player. Travion Williams. Travion Williams, stat line versus Nebraska. He had 16 rebounds, 18 points, a solid double-double, 9 for 13 shooting on 24 minutes of play, 3 assists. He really was the, the best player on the floor for us. So not much debate there. So the Purdue-Nebraska Runaway, train, player of the game, Travion Williams. Okay, let's go ahead now and look ahead to this week's games. Um, Nathan, what are your thoughts? You seem pretty, I don't know, should I say worried about uh, this upcoming game against Ohio on the road? Well, apparently I jinxed our team last week. So I'm going to come in with some caution. The thing that really is concerning is the three-point efficiency from Ohio. They're shooting about 37% so far this year. Uh, and they have some bigs that can stretch the floor, which I think is going to be a real problem for Purdue this year. Ohio's averaging about 74 points a game. That's a good seven points better than what Purdue is averaging. As far as record goes, they are 7-3. and three, So they've had a pretty good start to this year so far. Obviously, Purdue is 6-4. and four. We're 1-1 one one in our conference play. All their losses, though, are to the Power 5 teams. So hopefully Purdue can make that four. Absolutely. And this is on the road, so it's going to be a test. Hopefully this will be the first true road win for Purdue. But like I said, there's some concern. Three-point shooting, it's going to keep any mid-major team in a game. So, And there was one thing we did not talk about in regards to the Nebraska game was Matt Harms and his injury. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of a big news because the last thing I heard, according to one of the team's Twitter accounts, um, that Matt Harms did go through concussion protocol and he was on the team playing, but I have no idea his status for tomorrow night's game against Ohio. But that's something big to think about because that's a big piece that's missing if he does not play. So we'll see if he plays against Ohio. Predictions, what do you think is going to happen against Ohio ultimately tomorrow night? I think it's going to be a close game especially with our offensive capability. But I do think Purdue comes out with a win. They're going to keep it a low-scoring game. As much as I've been really disappointed in kind of critiquing Purdue this last game, I think they are going to bounce back. I think we're going to see a different Purdue team. I think that lost at Nebraska is going to let a fire into them, and they're going on the road here. And I think we're going to bounce back and get a good win on the road against Ohio. Players to watch, I think for them, their leading scorer is Jason Preston. He is averaging almost 17 points a game. He's a 52% field goal percent shooter, so he can shoot. As you just said recently, they have shooters, looks like, all over the floor, which is really going to test our defense. He also leads their team in assists, so it kinda, he's kind of the do-it-all player for them. 
So we need Nojal Eastern. Step it up. Shut them down. Stay on the floor. <laughs> make, make some shots. <laughs> All right. So that's tomorrow night against Ohio. That is a 9 o'clock start on ESPN2. Then at the end of the week, we travel to Indianapolis to play in the Crossroads Classic against Butler. This competition is a year-round tradition at this point where the four teams come together in Indy to play against one another. So Indiana will be playing Notre Dame, and then Purdue will be playing Butler. This is going to be a very tough test. Butler is 17th in the country. They are 10-1, and and we are going to be at this game. It is going to be a blast. It's going to be a test. And hopefully Bankers Life Fieldhouse will be rocking. We're going to need a lot of Purdue support out there, so let's go. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I feel like there are no easy games anymore in college sports. It doesn't matter who you're playing. There's there's good players everywhere. Butler's coming into this game winning four of their last five and beating very good opponents. They beat Stanford. They won on the road at Ole Miss. They won at home against Florida. So those are some big wins um, for Butler coming into this game. You had mentioned earlier to me about last year, Crossroads Classics, and how you thought the team used that experience and how that spurred them on to the season that was ahead of them. Why don't you share a little bit of your thoughts on that? Yeah, last year we played Notre Dame. That actually put us at our 6-5 and five record, which really turned like that turned our season around. We lost a tough one to Notre Dame, and we kind of – all the players kind of figured each other out and how to play together. So it really it, that game really did turn the season around and obviously ended on a pretty good run. This game against Butler, 2.30 on Saturday on Big Ten Network. And, you know, this is going to be another really tough game. I'm going to be pulling my heart out for, for Purdue. But if I have to guess what's going to happen, I'm going to think Butler is going to make shots, and I think Butler is going to win. Hate to say it. I don't even want to say it. That's my guess. So I'm going to go uh, heart over mind here, and I'm going to say Purdue pulls this out. But Crossroads Classic is never any. And you know what? Historically, we never play well in this. So maybe my prediction is completely off. But I'm hoping. <laughs> and if Purdue does get a win against Butler, this is another potential resume-building win. Another top 25 victory. This is on a neutral site court. There's probably going to be a lot of fans on both teams. Obviously, Butler's right there in Indianapolis. It's going to be a fun environment and a really good game and a chance to build our tournament resume. Yeah, I'm really excited to go. It'll be a lot of fun. And you'll probably see some videos on Twitter from us. Great segue there, uh, brother. Um, We're definitely going to put some videos out there. So make sure you follow us at Two Brothers and One and you also can check us out on Facebook on our page on Facebook. Search at Two Brothers and One. Again, it's spelled out two with the number one at the end, and you'll be able to find us, and we're going to be posting a video from the game. So we're excited. Let's go over there. Let's get a W. Let's go 2-0 and this week, get back on track, and get this thing rolling before Christmas. Amen. All right, before we end the show, we got one brand new segment we want to add to our show every week, and we are going to introduce that right after this. Thank you for listening to Two Brothers and a Mic. We are back and here to introduce a brand new segment in the show that we're going to call your And One 
moment of the week. This can be anything. It doesn't have to be sports related. It can be any news that you find interesting or shocking. It can be anything. Your and one moment of the week. We're going to have fun with it. All right, Nathan, what's your and one moment of the week? So my and one moment of the week comes from America's fifth favorite pastime, U.S. soccer. So there's this trend going on right now in the MLS, the USL, soccer everywhere, of teams rebranding. Works for some, most of the time it doesn't. But my Indy 11 sent out a tweet saying they were not going to rebrand this year. Drop mic. I'm done. (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs) Nicely done. All right, my and one moment of the week. It's really hard for me because I can cut it between two things. Just do both. You got an and two. (laughs) That's not how it works. It's an and one. Okay. (laughs) It's a new segment. (laughs) Fine, I'll do two for my first and one. Um. First is actually kind of breaking news, kind of sad. Elijah Sindelar has announced today that he will not be coming back for his sixth year of eligibility to play for the Purdue football team. I was kind of hoping that that would come back because I think him with these other receivers and offense would have been dope. But he's not going to play professional football. He's moving on to the next phase of his life. And we always talk about those players in basketball that you're like, it's going to be a bummer when they leave. And in Purdue football, I would say recently it was David Blau, and I think Elijah is one of those guys. There's some good memories with those guys. Oh, absolutely. Together, even. Yeah. So, a lot of memories. So, we'll miss Elijah. We appreciate you, man. You you were awesome. Blessings on your next phase of life. And then the extra and one for this first ever segment I'm going to do is the Jacksonville Jaguars making history this past weekend. History? Why do you say that? Don't, aren't they history. like one of the worst teams in the league? <laughs> they made history by defeating the Oakland Raiders the last game ever in the Oakland Coliseum. Gardner Minshew coming in and leading a come-from-behind victory. Crazy fourth-quarter comeback for the W. Minshew went 17 for 29, 201 yards, two TDs, no picks, and sparked that last drive and got the W in Oakland. That will go forever down in history. A lot of talk about with the Jaguars. There's a lot of unknowns coming this offseason. Quarterback, coaching staff upper management there's a lot a lot of questions but we can get into that later but that's my other and one moment of the week Gardner Minshew leading Jacksonville for the final victory at the Coliseum in Oakland thanks for listening to this episode of two brothers and a mic as always please follow us twitter at two brothers and one you can also search on facebook for our facebook page the same thing at two brothers and one let us know put post on our facebook page let us know your thoughts about purdue basketball your concerns or even your thoughts on all these crazy rebrands <laughs> <laughs> or even if you have an and one moment of the week post it on facebook post it on twitter and we can get to those in other episodes thanks for listening y'all have a great rest of your week boiler up grace and peace <laughs>